Welcome back to our fourth and final uh, segment. Uh, the title of this segment is uh, The Leader uh, and the Role of the Leader. Really, I put it leader as a convener. So let me pop uh, one more slide up here because this is, this is, again, very straightforward, very hard to do, particularly for the leader. Um, leadership is convening and the leader is the leadership function is held to three tasks. One is shifting the context within which people gather, which is what the centering field setting was all about, setting up all the preparedness, the rules, et cetera, naming the challenge or opportunity or possibility or debate through powerful questions and then listening and not advocating, defending, or providing any answers. The only, other than process guidance on building community, which we talked about, that is legal for the facilitator, the leader. I'm using leader and facilitator interchangeably. So, yes, someone who's experienced in this and has done it a few times can facilitate and coach the group in the process. That is when they step out of being the role of. Uh, the lead, they're just the facilitator. As the leader, the only legitimate way to teach any content or any behavior, anything, is through role modeling. So the, the leader, it, we're so used to, as leaders, we're so used to preaching, telling, directing, etc. It's so hard to get out of that mode. Uh, but if we want others to uh, speak authentically, we have to speak authentically. If we want others to manage their airtime, we have to manage our airtime. If we want others to share fully what they're thinking, we have to be willing to do that. If we want others to listen generatively and revise our mental models and enter spaces of unknown, we have to be able to do that in authentic community. And we can't fake this. It has to be genuine. I genuinely have to learn something in the process as a leader, not through uh, the normal, you know, debate. It's through uh, listening. And so that becomes essentially the role of the leader is these, these three tasks. So uh, the person that, that, that taught me a lot of this mentored me in uh Leading community building was a guy named uh, Kazmir's Gods. Kaz is what we called, and he's he was mentioned heavily in Joseph's book Source, and he was he was my mentor. He studied under Scott Peck for almost a decade, and he used to say to me, "Steve, um, if you don't know what to do, be quiet. Sit on your hand." He would literally say, "Sit on your hands and pray if you don't know what to do in a meeting." which I get, I had a little verse that I would say to myself and I would listen and listen and listen to the point where in many ways it was, uh, it was really incredibly uncomfortable. So um, building community, uh, and we can talk more about this in the Q&A, it does take time. And the reason it takes time is communities groups tend to go through four phases, three phases and the final one is authentic community. The first phase, uh, Peck, used to, Peck calls it the pseudo community, and it's where a group normally comes together and they want to be a community, especially if you tell them, hey, guys, we're going to build a community. They all come in and, would, and, and they're nice to each other. They're polite, as we talked about before. 
Uh, they don't talk about anything real. They can't talk about anything genuine. Uh, and but but it feels fine. And so many people uh, in the group will uh, will think, oh, that's authentic community. And the leader has to be uh, skilled enough and observant enough and aware enough to say, well, wait a minute, we're not talking about anything real here. There's no if there's no conflict happening, there's no community. I guarantee it. Uh, it's just everyone being nice to each other. And that's pseudo community. And so that's where patience is required. Powerful questions to get folks to really reflect. Field setting, redo it if we're, if we're not there, right? Do it. If we read the rabbi's gift and they're struggling to, to get past pseudo community, sometimes we'll do a field of the future or do another exercise. But it takes time. It can't be rushed. It can't be hurried. Part of what the group has to do in home, the leader has to role model this, is to let things emerge, let ideas emerge, possibilities emerge. If we try to pull them out too quick, they don't emerge. Uh, and so it, it, it takes time to do it. But pseudo community usually then moves into chaos where someone finally uh, cracks open the jar and then the group doesn't typically doesn't know how to react to it. And we'll start complaining that they'll feel like we're spinning our wheels. We're not making progress. Why are we taking so much time? All these you know, complaints because business people are used to moving through things very, very quickly and efficiently. Right. And this is dragging on. Well, we're not getting anywhere. And so it's it's a chaotic phase. And literally the phase is called is called chaos. And groups will want to retreat back into pseudo community or they'll want to get organized or groups will want to many times break up into sub teams. Oh, we're not getting anything done as a big group. Let's break into sub teams, come back and report all of these things to avoid uh, really moving into the third phase, which we call emptying, which is emptying myself of the need of my ego needs really, which is how am I going to appear? Uh, why am I, why, why does it threaten me to speak vulnerably to this group? Uh, uh, why am I afraid to not have all the right answers, particularly if my real hierarchical boss in the company is in the room? And so uh, there has to be a process of emptying where folks empty themselves of that need. And it's only then when authentic community then emerges, who's been through all those phases. And so the patience that's required and the powerful questions really are try to, to try to direct people gently through those phases by asking questions. Questions, uh, and, and again, uh, the other resource that I'm uh, putting up as part of this module is a book called uh, Community, The Structure of Belonging by Peter Block. And in that, and Peter's still alive. Uh, Scott Peck is no longer living, but Peter's still doing this work and and still consulting in this work and still writing things. And there's a wonderful video series that I've put up called the six conversations, which I would encourage everyone. It's not very long, six different videos that, that Peter goes through gives everyone gives, gives a flavor for how to direct through powerful questions. And what are these questions and gives some ideas for what they are, but he puts them in general categories of questions about possibility, questions about ownership, questions about dissent, um, and, you know, uh, really confronting the group, which is, uh, you know, what, what, is, uh, what is holding us back? Uh, what is your contribution 
to the very thing that you complained about, whatever that is. Um, what's my contribution, right? And so these are the kind of questions that tend to open open things up and move the group forward. Uh, the next slide, uh, let me put up one more slide uh, here. And uh, for the leader specifically, the, the goal or your, your role is to support the community in, as I just mentioned, de dealing with difficult issues through these powerful questions, these provocative questions. The second is to be full part of the community. Now, this is a bit of a dance because remember I said, sit on your hands, don't, don't use too much airtime, don't preach, teach, etc. cetera. Uh, however, be a full part of the community. It's not fair for you as the leader to say, oh, I don't have to contribute here. I don't have to be authentic. I don't have to be vulnerable. In fact, it's the opposite. It's the obligation of the leader to role model in being a full part of the community. Uh, trust me, if you are the hierarchical leader or team leader in this context and you're not vulnerable, no one else is going to be vulnerable. So you have to be prepared to lead in that way, again, through role modeling. You can just tell people, oh, everybody's supposed to be vulnerable. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that, and, and the way to do that, obviously, is through you sharing personal stories that were uh, impactful to your life, fears that you have, ego drivers that you have, and so forth. So I want to put up another quote from the different drum. Uh, so this next slide is really what I call final thoughts uh, for the leader, because I want to drive this point home. Uh, I think it's so well said uh, by, by uh, Peck, but I'm going to read it to you uh, again. It says, he said, he says, Still, the hardest part for the leader is not the nails driven in by others. It's the self-crucifixion. It is refusing the temptation to be the leader the group clamors for. Those of us who gravitate to such positions are quite accustomed to lead. It is far easier for us to teach and preach than to not speak. Continually, we must empty ourselves of our need to control, or in my, I'll add, uh, or our need to be seen in a certain way. Uh, more often than not, a group will become a community only after I have given up, when I have decided this is the time, it will be a failure. I don't think this timing is accidental. Community building requires that those accustomed to leadership be genuinely willing to enter a state of helplessness. It demands that I empty myself of my need to talk, my need to help all the time, my need to be a guru, my desire to look like a hero, my quick and easy answers, and my cherished notions. And that cannot be faked. And so I say to leaders who are conducting this, this is the essential guideline. Now, that doesn't mean you don't lead uh, an organization or group, whatever it is, in other forums, in other situations. I'm speaking directly towards trying to build authentic community for a group of people to become high performance, high performance developmentally for themselves to grow and mature and to invent and come up with directions, new products, solve problems, intransigent problems, 
set the direction for an organization, this is very, very difficult and complex work. And if you want to take advantage of diversity in your organization, this is the way to do it. Because diversity doesn't help at all if we're not learning from the background, the experience of every single individual in the community, no matter who they are, no matter what their experience is, no matter what country they're from, no matter what they look like, etc. We enter community with everyone at an equal level. And the leader has to be willing to jump into that pool and be at the same level as the community, literally, literally. And I did things that were very symbolic in this way. When I spoke to a group, I sat in a chair on the same level, even if there were 25, I didn't stand at a podium. I didn't stand on a stage. If I had to be on a platform because it was a group of a few hundred people, I would typically take the chair and put it at the end of the podium and sit down to be as close to that level as possible. That is very, I was trying to do what Peck uh, suggests. So for the hierarchical leaders, you will not be able to get a group to perform at the level of what a community can perform with traditional methods. I have not found a way. I've been doing this a long time. And I am so convinced that investing in uh, this type of effort, it does take longer. It does take patience. It's much, much harder. Others would say, oh, it's inefficient. Oh, it's soft stuff. Trust me. It is I've had the best education the business world has to offer. I've run companies uh, small and big, public and private. Um, and I'm, te I'm telling you, I cannot advocate for this more because it works. It's not easy. It takes commitment, but it works. So uh, that's my last pitch. Uh, I want to just um, uh, show one more slide. This is a summary just to remind us of where we've been from the beginning. Uh, the essence of community, remember, is a the definition of a group of individuals who've learned how to communicate honestly, have deep relationships, and significant commitment to each other. Psychological safety, uh, there's no sides. Conflict, conflict can be resolved with grace. They're not leaderless. Everyone in the group is a leader. This is why it's essential for the hierarchical leader to withdraw. Groups love to follow the leader. I mean, didn't we learn that in, in, in preschool? Follow the leader, the little game. We love to follow leaders uh, to a fault, right? And so the only way to create a whole group, a whole community of leaders is for the leader to purposely withdraw their leadership. That's what creates the chaos. Everybody's looking around saying, well, what are we doing here? We, we, we've, we've got no leader. We're leaderless in this. Well, that's the point. We're all supposed to become leaders so we can all contribute fully to this cause, whatever it is, this possibility, this issue, because only through tapping that collective intelligence of the group can we invent something or figure something out that hasn't been able to be figured out or invented before, right? So, um, and then I'll just close with uh, peace and love are the spirit of community. And it really does take vulnerability to get into that state. So 
if you're looking for the right form to practice all the skills that you're learning in the inner MBA, and I'm so glad everyone is doing this, this provides really the perfect opportunity. So my last homework assignment for the pod, for all of you within your pods, is try it. Remember, remember from the beginning, I said it's 95, 98% practice. This is not something that can be learned by listening to this uh, series of talks that I just gave or even by reading books. We can learn approaches, but it's only learned through practice. So try it. Commit to your, to your pod, to each one of you. Try it and then come back with your company, not with the, not with the inner MBA. Try it with people outside, you know, the, the people in your company and come back to your pod and debrief and say, how was it? Uh, what did I learn? What did I experience? How can I do it better next time? And, uh, and, and try it. So with that, I've enjoyed being with you and I'll look forward to our Q&A session here coming up. As always, we love to hear from you. Please share your insights with us in the sandbox or write to us at innermba at soundstrue.com. And thanks for being part of the Inner MBA and for both the inner and outer work you do to benefit others. <laughs>